Welcome to Fred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Laws. You better stop, hey, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going now, stop. Did I just score a goal? Welcome to episode 32. Well, <laughs> judging by last night, if you played, you would have had about 10 goals. Well, well and, and then again, if, but if you were on my team, well, maybe if you were on my team, you still probably would have scored. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm looking to come back, folks, on in the winter league I, I can't let d law come here and talk about you know his his weeks and all the nonsense that he says he does i'll be the judge of that he, he tends to embellish stories for those of you out there yeah well there's nothing to embellish last night that was just absolutely pathetic we lost i don't know it was like eight to six or something like that and a boy were you in goal um, well I, that's all i've been playing lately oh so you don't know how to four four goals of I don't even go there. Four goals. Getting goalies are usually the best skaters. I don't know why I'm a goalie then. Four goals in the first, two in the second, and two in the third, and probably all but two of them I probably should have had. There's a lot lot of soft goals, cheating off the post. The one, I swear, this guy should have been an NHL player because he scored from the goal line inside the top corner. I'm like, how the heck did he get it in there? Like this uh, is a this there's, there's this no, is a this is a novice league. Yeah, but there's also no, I mean, what, what, people don't police that, which I think is crap. Um, but it is what it is. But it's not a hard. I mean, just think about it. If you're playing against a bunch of eight year olds, all right, you're gonna put a top shelf in the corner. You've got that advantage. You're bigger. You're stronger. You're faster. Get a harder shot. Same with these kids that come out here that, you know, played D3 or played high school or, or you know, low-level college. Yeah, of course they're going to be good. You know, even kids that played their whole life and didn't play high school or college. You know, they come out and they just skate around everybody, and I just don't care to like those people. And nor do I have to. Yeah. Well, anyway, welcome to episode 32. Uh, find us on Facebook at Pride Wings Podcast, Twitter at Pride Wings Pod. Email us uh, at Pride Wings Podcast at gmail.com. Um, oh, I also I didn't mention the last episode. Um, I'm going to be going to Nashville in March. Uh, March 14th, that's actually a Tuesday. And any guesses on who they're going to be playing? Um, original six team. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, out of the East. Yep, Detroit. So it'll be the first time I actually go to a Detroit-Nashville game, and I'm not looking forward to all the red in that stadium. I think I want to try to go next year. Um, let's, let's plan next year. So I might have, I might have to do a live show. For, well, it's actually Tuesday, so that probably wouldn't happen. But some some kind of special. Um, 
for that. So, and it, the ticket was actually just a little bit more than what I paid for my new goalie stick. So there's a perspective in, in the price of goalie sticks or player sticks. And that was or a cheap price one. or the price of tickets. Well, I was in, I'm in the lower level, just above where the predators will be coming out on the ice, uh, near when they open, uh, right near the Lexus lounge. Well, above that. Um, but yeah, the, um, um, but in, in there's a lot of the prices, uh, for the sticks are, like two three hundred dollars and i got one of the cheaper ones so but i see dose is back with us tonight um maybe we can get some insight from him uh on the bruins the red hot bruins just, uh just let him in let i'm gonna take the heat yeah well I'll, I'll let you go through the um i'll let you go through with the uh pred the um the wings recaps first uh which well, is a good, which, which is a good was, from Boston. This is, yeah, this would be, this would be quick. So we'll get you on here one second. Um, you know, overall the, the, the three games that they had were mediocre, I'd say at best. Um, you know, they played Anaheim. They came out, that game was really good. They put up a lot of shots. Um, you know, they, they played like they wanted to win that game. You know, Larkin scored, Perron scored, who, mind you, is on fire right now. Um, Valeno, he he found the back of the net. Uh, Kubalik netted his third of the game. Soderblom, he, you know, he continues to put the pressure on. Um, it was a good game. You saw scoring from the guys that you want to see scoring from. You know, your leader, the new guys, the young guys. All those guys are scoring goals, which is a good sign for the Wings. Um, you know, Husso comes in, makes 32 saves. Uh, you know, the, the they went three for five on the power play in this game. You know, that's something that they really lacked last year quite a bit. And it's just that, you know, they're putting out a, a they're putting out lineups now that mesh. That was the biggest thing that they didn't have before was their power play was forced. You know, the guys, they didn't play well together. The passes were always off center, and it just was sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. But now they've kind of put it together, and it's it's been consistent to this point. Um, you know, they had 18 blocked shots in this game, which is also huge. Um, that's something they didn't do well last year, and guys are sacrificing bodies. You know, it's it's tough because we're still missing one of our, our top forwards, um, in Todd Bertuzzi or Tyler Bertuzzi, Todd's nephew, um, you know, with, from blocking a shot. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's good and risky, but good. Um, so that was a well-played game five to one win, you know, we'll take it, you know, we go into, you know, New Jersey comes to us after just playing them, beating them up five to two, um, you know, we get demolished six to two. It was just sloppy, lackluster. You know, it looked like they were all out partying the night before. They were just extremely sloppy. Passes were off center. They had a lot of time in the neutral zone. They just couldn't penetrate the offensive zone. Um, it just it just wasn't a very good game for the Red Wings. They were outshot forty one to, to twenty two. Coverage was just pitiful. Um, it was just one of those games you just want to turn the turn off the TV and just stop watching it. Um, but they had 16 giveaways in this game, and, and 
you're not going to win games when you're giving the puck away so much. Like, yes, it does happen. That's something that we cannot change. But 16 giveaways, you know, Uh that's that's going to hurt you every time. Like, they're those that they lead to odd man rushes. Um, no, dose, it was not back to back games. Um, they had they had a gap between every game this week, pretty much. So, um, but they just played sloppy. It, you know, it didn't look good. However, New Jersey played a back-to-back. Um, D-Law, who were they playing the night before? Because we had talked about it. I don't know if you remember. Uh, it was the uh, Islanders, I think it was. Oh, I think you're right. I think you're I right. I think it was. It was and, and it was funny because I think the Wings played the Islanders the first time before the rain. Or, I don't remember, but I know uh, when Detroit went to New Jersey, they were playing a back-to-back. They were home, and then they went to New Jersey, and it was kind of like the opposite with New Jersey. New Jersey was at home, and then they went to Detroit. Right. And it was almost it was almost an identical score. It was yeah, actually the same score for a while. And, and and the thing with you know the the wings just fell apart. I mean they they struggled to win faceoffs. They were only at forty one percent in the faceoff dot. You know they've struggled this all year. This is really an area that they they have to improve on um, because it really sets up key opportunities. You know in one way or another. So. Um. But yeah, you're not gonna win like that. But the the highlight of this game for Detroit is Dominic Kubalik. He had a um, you know, he had two goals in this game or two points in this game with a goal. He's up to four. He's leading the wings in every category. But now I see Dose is here, and Dose, I I gotta, you know, you're gonna kick me in the nuts here. But wings and Boston, yeah. it, it was one of those games. I just. I, I hey, shut it off in, in and the third period. Mar- Marshawn had a season debut there, and he had two goals and one assist. I don't know what his final what that was his final stats or not. I have no yeah. idea. I turned it yeah, off. Yeah, that that was that's that was it. His first game back, two two goals and assist. Uh quite a uh, quite a game back too, and back a month earlier than projected. Yeah, and what what drives me nuts about that is watching the game i'm sitting here screaming at my tv you know you can't leave him alone i know he's rusty so you think i know he hasn't played in a game until tonight but it's brad marchand you cannot take your back away from him and they left him open so many times and it was just he he makes it happen as much as i hate him he makes it happen and it was and it was funny because uh, I was watching. I was actually watching the Wings uh, game that that game the Wings feed, and they one of their one of their keys was um, I, I remember exactly what it said, but it said uh, don't uh, get them don't don't, up. don't uh, the uh, don't ride the don't let them ride the the, the Marchand uh, emotion uh, for the, the fans. You know, uh, yeah, forget what it said. Because Detroit, they say it right on every broadcast. You know, I watched the Detroit broadcast, and Chris Osgood said it last night. He goes, listen, Brad Marchand is a guy that you cannot rile up because he, he elevates his game. He becomes better when you piss him off. So don't piss him off. Just let him play the game how he plays the game because now he's going to piss you off and he's going to score goals. 
But on the, on, on the flip side of that, you piss him off, he sometimes takes bad penalties. He does. He does. You know, he's, he's been, kind of a, flip he's of been the a lot better the past couple of years about that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the wings in this game, they just look flat. But there's, well, I don't there's, know. See, I disagree with that. I thought it was a pretty competitive game up until that third up period. Up until the third period. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. It was because my, you know, my good buddy, he's a huge Boston fan. We talked the whole game, and I was like, you know what? Because my thing to him was, this is our gauge because Boston is so hot right now, and I know this obviously is in the Stanley Cup, but now they've got their whole team pretty much together. And I said, this is going to be a gauge of, of where the wings are in the rebuild. And I said, I, I understand that, that it's young. It's a young wings team. It's a young season. A lot can happen. But to gauge yourself against a, a team like Boston, you know, it really shows you, like, who, who you are. Where do you match up in this league? Like, are you a bottom feeder? Or are you a not? not? And the wings, they just – you know, I just don't feel that they're there yet. They can't finish games the way that they need to finish games. No, and I think I think the last time we we talked, we we all kind of agreed where the Red Wings are. I mean, you didn't even have them making the playoffs. You had them no. just outside the bubble. Uh, I I disagree. I think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, and, and like I said, they, they were very competitive for two periods. Um, the the one thing I noticed, like, and I can't really get. I'm not a Red Wings fan, so I don't watch the games like you do. But watching that game, I did. I was watching them a little closer because of because of you know talking to you guys. Uh, they seem to lack a strong leadership, or they're they're obviously they're still looking for an identity for their team, but there seems to be that like strong leadership that's just not there. I don't know if you agree with that or not. Yeah, yeah, I I do, I do in a sense of i'm going to break this down into two directions here so they have a new coach who's trying to build an identity and gain that leadership so on on the on the coaching side of the leadership you know i'm i'm okay with them getting you know because they're all feeling each other out still you know we're like seven eight games into the season here and they're still trying to figure out you know who who is you know Derek lalonde like is he is he good? Is he bad? Do we trust him? Do we not? I mean, it's just so new to the organization. So I'll give that, I don't want to say a pass, um, but I, I think that's going to take time to really build that. I mean, Scotty Bowman, you know, he came in with, you know, a, a blazing resume, you know, same with Mike Babcock. Like these guys came in with great resumes. And, and, then held, a, and a lot of freaking held some good players there too and they they did you know pre-cap era the wings were the team to be um god those colorado red wing series back in the 90s were unbelievable unbelievable i mean that is up there i put those those series that era up there with any like you could like the boston montreal uh any of those rivals uh, oh Toronto, red wings back in the you know that was that was some of the greatest hockey. Uh, I, that I agree. Because just you, in the whole game, like there were games, like there were games that I would watch and there wasn't even a fight. But the whole game, I'm on the edge of my seat, like, oh boy, Konstantinov just hit him hard. Ooh, who's Adam Foot gonna respond? Okay, a couple of shoves, up, oh, no fight. So like the whole game, it's like, when is that powder keg just gonna blow? So yeah, it was it was fun. Yeah. It was fun hockey to watch. Yeah, Claude Lemieux was usually the one to make that powder keg. Oh yeah, up. he found a way. <laughs> he was like the Ty Domi. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, those are those are the good days when when hockey was a, a man's man sport. <laughs> but, and was it? I believe it was it that the Boston Detroit game when I I I think it was a challenge. Detroit challenged a goal, but I then apparently they didn't challenge. So I'm kind of no, was, no, no, no. He he had it, questioned but, that he, what had happened was, but it wasn't not interference. But there was definitely it was definitely. I mean, I don't think the guy even touched him. No, and it, and it was pretty much just the coach saying, like, hey, you didn't see interference there? No, not at all, coach. And he's like, okay, that's, yeah. So, because they, they gauge it out there. I mean, I was just reading an article about that because I was, I was looking up, um, you know, some stuff about referees and, and different stats and stuff like that today. And, um, but they actually, you know, they do get influenced quite a bit by players and, and coaches, you know, like, hey, you know, hey, you didn't see that out there? Like, it, it takes a toll, they were saying. Never been a ref. I can't relate to it. But, um, but yeah, getting back to the Boston game, in all honesty, Jeremy Swayman should have had a shutout in this game. There was just a sloppy, um, you know, it was, it was just a sloppy break out of the zone that was intercepted by, um, I think it was Mata at the blue line, and it just ended up over to Adam Ernie, and he scored on a, on a whim. I mean, it was just a complete deflection on, I mean, nobody would have stopped that. Nobody. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's just those goals that it's like, I don't care who you are in your prime, Marty Brodeur, um, whatever. Right. Um, but you also got to consider the fact he, he's coming up a game where he got pulled. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I, so. and I will say this in the first period, in the first half of the second period of that game, there was definitely no shortage of opportunities of scoring chances because Detroit was laying it on that kid. I mean, they were, the puck movement was good. The one timers, you know, there was unfortunately one, one off a post, but he was there. He kept them in that game in those, in the first two periods of that game, when Detroit was really bringing it, he's part of the reason or the majority of the reason that the score didn't get out of hand early. Yeah, and as a Bruins fan, that you don't know how relieving that was to watch. Um, oh, I bet. Yeah, because coming, coming, I, I never minded game. Rask. He was a hothead, but yeah, I just I felt like he was really declining in the last few years. And do you guys still have Allmark? Yes, Allmark is our our number one goalie right now. Really? Yes, he just had a shutout tonight. No kid. Oh, they just shut out the Blue Jackets. The uh-uh. Bruins are the hottest team in the league by far. Oh, they are. It they is are. unbelievable. They're they have, I think it's uh eight, nine games in the season. They they're a plus sixteen, I think right now, a plus fourteen or a plus sixteen on the oh, season. Oh yeah, they're 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 crushing it right now. This is only I, eight nine can, games in. You know, this is plus eighteen. Now, D Law, this was on the. This is something I, I threw on the agenda here, but I'm going to get to it now. I'm going to talk about, you know, and, and Dose, now that you're here, um, this is going to be a good conversation. Philadelphia's kind of hot, too, lately. They are. They are. But let, but, me, let, uh, me, let me show you guys. Before, me... you, before you get into that, just real quick, I don't want to get off two hints, but speaking of Boston, I just want to get uh, Dose's take on – yeah, I know. I know how we. I got two things. I, I know how Ron and and Rant and Ron and I feel on the Bruins play by play, man. Just want to get Dallas's because I I actually who turned, Jack Edwards? 
I actually turned the TV on and it was, it came out of the Boston thing. And I, it was like, I listened to it for like maybe a minute and I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't stand it. I mean, I, I put the Red Wings feet on, but he literally pauses every word. I was like, I don't know if he's got a disability or what's going on. Jack Edwards is so bad. He's good. See, now he's on, un, he's unbearable to me and he's, where he lost all credibility to me was this is going back when Nicholas Cronwall was still playing. He had just come off of a knee surgery the season prior. He had an injured knee, took a knee to knee, um, two weeks prior to the Boston Red Wings game. Now he's out there. Now he's skating backwards along the blue line and Marshawn's coming down and he throws a knee out, clips his knee, Cronwell's out for another two weeks. When that play had happened, unfortunately, the only feed that I was listening to or had the ability to listen to was the Boston feed. And Jack Edwards said, you have to be looking behind you <laughs> at all times. Yes, I agree with that. And I you was like, have I was like, to be the plays, <laughs> the plays in front of you, the pucks in front of you, in the corner, and you're skating backwards to get into a you know an open slot. You have no idea who's behind you. I. I thought I heard an art or somebody talking about it, or there's an article out there about um, play the worst or most hated or worst play by play guys that are out there. And Jack Edwards was number one. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. He is. I mean, but I, you I'm, know what? You know what? If if he's calling for your team, he's for your team all the way. Good, bad, ugly. It doesn't matter. And there's kind of a a little bit of a an, an endearing quality about that. <sighs> I know, but I I also like a realist at the same time. Well, like, well then like you've to got blame Cronwall for for getting you know Marshawn coming up, veering into him, taking out his knee and skating away, and that's Cronwall's fault. It's like, oh God, this is this is tough to listen to. Yeah. Now I listen to to Mickey Redmond and um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. I know um, Ken Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, I was gonna say Jamie Daniels is his kid. Ken Daniels. And they are like, they are not your typical, like, I don't want to say it's a bad thing, <coughs> but they're not your typical, like, oh, the Red Wings do no wrong. The Red Wings are the best. They're, they're going everywhere. They understand we're in a rebuild. If one of our players goes out and, you know, trips somebody and it's an obvious trip, they, <coughs> say, they say that was a terrible penalty. That was a, that was not a good penalty. You got to have your head in the game. You got to be smarter than that. Um, but Mickey Redmond also, you know, he played in the NHL and he was a captain of the Red Wings for many years. So he, he gets it. But but they're calling our guys out and, and telling them, like, listen, you know, you, you, you can't take a stupid penalty like that. Or, you know, like, oh, man, you know, like the other day, Raymond has a perfect shot on the corner and he looks for the pass like, kid, you can't do that. Like they're calling our guys out. And the few times I've listened to Jack Edwards, it's always everybody else's fault boston does no wrong boston is the best in the world and i guess that's a good thing you yeah. know but yeah it gets it, it just gets tough to listen to sometimes but in my the, opinion and the, yeah and i i get it if i was um 
listening to an opponent you know, the other team and listening to Jack Edwards. Um, even the Celtics had that with um, what the hell was that guy? He just died a couple years ago. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, Tommy, oh. uh, I could never pronounce his last name. But anyway, then you got Andy Brickley though, who is absolutely he he he'll he'll do exactly what you're talking about. He'll call the players out. He is phenomenal. I think he's actually one of the best in the game as far as analysts go, uh, TV analysts. So he he actually it kind of balances out be, because Andy Brickley will will correct Jack a lot of times during these uh these games. Yeah, but yeah, he, he I mean he played 14 years in the NHL. I mean, the guy knows the game of hockey. He knows you know what it takes. He knows the rules. He knows the inside and out of the game. Yeah, I I agree. I I I like listening to him speak. He, he is good. He is Yeah, Andy Brickley's awesome. I he he could move on to like the ESPN. Well, there's just not a market for that in, in hockey, but um, I, I definitely. Well, the ESPN doesn't have any decent ones anyway. <laughs> it's uh, it, it bugs me that hockey is not as popular as it should be. I agree. And, so and I had this argument with somebody. I'm getting off topic, but I had this argument with somebody recently about basketball being the hardest sport to play because it's so competitive to get into. And I said, okay. I said, in our city, we probably have about 20 different organizations that you can play for. Um, so there's a lot of competition and to play for that, you know, that, that top team is, is very difficult. But I, what I was explaining to him was I said, now, listen, I can teach literally anything to play basketball. I have to first teach you how to tie your, your shoes, and that is it. You go out there, you get the ball, you shoot, you shoot. And I said, just to play the game of hockey, you have to know how to ice skate, not walk, but you have to have a skill. You have to learn a skill to actually move during the game of hockey. Whereas in basketball, you tie your sneakers and you walk, which you have known to do for many years prior. So it's not even a comparison on which sport is more difficult. Plus, now you add the checking. You add that high-intensity speed. Like, it's a completely... You're right. I'm way off on a tangent here. But hockey... The hand-eye coordination that goes into it. Oh, it's unbelievable. The only thing you can compare it to is baseball, trying to, you know, trying to hit... That's right. But it's just one of those things where it just it doesn't have the popularity that it should. And I almost feel that it did. And now I, I don't know how old you are, Dose, but when I was a kid, you know, I'm, I'm talking like early 90s. I remember the stations that hockey was on. There was hockey on ESPN. Then we had I'm in New York. There was a local New York station they would always play the Devils or the Islanders, you know, whoever was was home that night. Usually they would favor the the Islanders if they were both home. But there was hockey almost on every channel. I could watch scramble channels in Toronto. Don Sherry, he was he was real big. You know, I just feel like there was Bunch a of jerks. There was just a lot of there was just a lot more exposure to the sport on TV back in the 90s um and now it's just 
I don't know. It's you don't see well, it on TV well, very often. Well, what happened was they didn't get the ratings that they were hoping for. Right. And then here we are. Um, I think it gets plenty of exposure now. I see, uh, especially on Saturdays, um, usually the main networks will have a game on. That's true. They have uh, who they have a contract with right now? ESPN. Yep. Yeah, I, there's there's plenty. Of guys. They're trying. I know ESPN's really trying to grow. The what sport. I see is like when you go on like shows, um, like these morning sports shows, it's always basketball, football, basketball, football, baseball, basketball, football is all it is, and, and yep. never hockey never even gets brought up. Nope. And not and and even saying talking about hockey, but I remember watching Steve Levy on Sports Center, and there was always a hockey segment, fights or poor plays or, yep. you know, great shots or great saves. Like they would really promote it. It had its own segment. The other guy, Butchengross or Butchengross, yeah, yeah, he was another one that's a big Butch. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and uh, they also have TNT as well. So they're, but and I don't know. They're trying TNT's to get kind of hit or that, miss. But that's that's almost like NBC. Um, but yeah, I as, feel like uh, TNT uses the NHL as like a filler. Like, well, you know, we don't have anything airing from this time to this time. We'll put we'll throw the hockey game. Right. On. Yeah, we just played John Wick like three times yesterday. <laughs> right, we got to change it up. <laughs> so exactly. Uh, I want to say one more thing uh, about you, the Boston game. I want Dose. I want your opinion. Did you watch the game, the whole game? Oh yeah, yeah. So, what is your thought on Forbert's elbow on Valeno? I I didn't see it, so I can't see. I don't remember that. It was in the corner. Valeno had just passed the puck over. I forget. Uh, it might have been Zadina. Passed it over. Forbert comes up catches him square in the jaw with his elbow and you can see if you watch it i actually i, I tagged the uh pred wings podcast and and uh d law in the in the post online but you can actually see him come in he lifts up and extends his elbow catches him right on the jaw splits him open um and there wasn't even a penalty on the play and i was i was watching oh. it i was like that really didn't look good and then i watched it you know, like three or four times it was on Twitter, but I'm watching it and I have the ability to slow it down and watch it. And I was like, God, he caught him square in the jaw and there wasn't even a penalty, not a word from, you know, the NHL player safety, nothing. Yeah. I don't, I, I guess I got to go back and look at that. Um, it was in the third period. But having said that, um, there's plenty of times where I, I try to watch the games. Obviously I'm a fan of the Bruins, but um there's been times where i was like oh there you go there's a penalty mm -hmm. and, it, and it doesn't get called i was like oh okay cool you know but yeah I, and, I know and I'm not... if i go back and look at that i'm sure i'm gonna look at it and be like yeah he, they, he definitely got away with one right there and that sounds like i don't know what time of the game that um happened but that could have been a um it could have changed the complexion of the game that third period may not have been a blowout Unless it was after that. It was after that. Yeah, oh. it was after the blowout. But yeah, I mean, but just but just watching and this isn't and this isn't like me bashing Boston. Like I know Boston has their, their antics that they perform every once in a while, mostly Marsh and but you know, when you when I watch a hit, like I am 
I am all. F- I love big hits. I love fights. I love chippy, chirpy Ugh. hockey. Like that is what that that is what makes me excited as a fan is when things get a little bit testy, and I am a okay with a big hit, and I'm even a okay with a play like that because most times you'll see, and I'm even okay with this. If if I'm about to get hit and at the very last second I turn my back to the boards or back to you and I'm facing the boards, you know, that's that's a cheap way out of it. Like you're about to get hit. That's the game of hockey. And you're just trying not to. So now you're gonna turn yourself into harm's way just to draw a penalty. Yeah. And maybe you're not thinking that, but it draws penalties. And it's like, well, if the guy's you know, if if he's facing the boards trying to play a puck and you skate from across the ice and you demolish this guy. Yeah. That's, that's obviously an issue, but when you're going to steamroll somebody and they turn their back, even if the puck's playable or not, you always get the penalty. I don't agree with that. And I know there's guys who are also taller and shorter than other players. And you just, you happen to catch them in an unfortunate situation. I I've seen, you know, when you get a six foot four guy coming in to check somebody who's five ten. Yeah, you might, you know, you might, you know, clip them in the in the chin, but that I I understand. But it's when you see the the extended motion or you see somebody go out of their way, you know, that's that's when I I don't like that. And unfortunately, right. that's kind of what I saw in that play. Yeah, I, I guess I'm gonna have to go back and, and look at that. I just tried looking it up, and I don't see anything on that. Um, so that, I'll have to keep digging in. Um, but does that thing? But here's here's one more thing I, I want to point out. See, he can't even find it now. I think you're just kind of making shit up. Oh, you got to check into it. <laughs> nope, I'm gonna share it. Check out the Pred Wings podcast on uh, Twitter. It's on. I, I, I tagged us in. Uh, I didn't. Even, I didn't see anything on that. I just like. Again, and I didn't see any tags. You're kidding, but yeah, I'll find it. I'll get it. I'll get it out there. Um, but the other thing now, now this is this is something that I, I saw, and I and I think, and this is just are you, me bashing on the refs a little bit. But uh, before yeah, we get, no, uh, just, are you? No, are it's you, not that. It's not that. Are you? I I gotta get into my press recaps, or is this is gonna be just make it make it a little bit uh, quick. I got you, I got you. But there was a play where Rasmussen comes in and he goes to play the puck, and and he takes an extra jab at you know Swayman. He needs to get laid out. That's that's just the law that you hit a guy, so he gets taken to the ground, and I I don't remember who it was. It actually might have been Forbert again. While he's like getting up off the ground from his punishment of taking an extra poke at the puck, he gets cross-checked in the back of the neck, very similar to the, the to the Jamie Ben on Dylan Larkin a couple years ago. And they gave Rasmussen an interference penalty. Oh no, Rasmussen pushed the defenseman into the goalie. That's what it was. And he deserves to get, you know, the extra, you know. The extra shove, the push, the face wash, maybe a little punch, whatever, a fight. I'm, I'm okay with all of that. But he gets taken to the ground. He's starting to get up. Guy comes over, cross-checks him in the neck. Now, as a ref, I'm taking both of them. Yeah. And my buddy's like, wow, I can't believe they didn't call that. And I was like, 
that's that's what infuriates me because that's when it gets, you know, if if it, the ring the wings aren't a team that actually have an enforcer or somebody they can say, you know what, screw it, they're not calling anything. You line up pasta and you just take them out. Here's here's, but here's the flip side of that. You see that in, in on all teams, all games, that shit happens all the time. Sometimes you're on one end, sometimes you're on the other. I mean, it, it, it's tough to just look at that and be like. Well, that's it. Just it happens to everybody. And I was biased in it, and I was biased in that because but, obviously it was the wings. And and again, I would I'd probably be like your buddy. I'd be like, yeah, that's a penalty right there. But again, when it doesn't get the penalty, if it's your team, you like well, probably the same. One. As, you're probably the same as me. It's like, wow, okay, we got away with one there. Cool. So, Dilo, you want to talk about the Predators? Yeah, um, so we just had one game uh, that I got to recap from uh, last week. They had uh, four days off, and boy, did they need it after a five-game losing streak. And uh, third, it was last night. It was actually Thursday, uh, the Blues. I was really worried about this game. Um, so I'm starting to watch. It was on ESPN+, Plus, which I'm not sure if I like that um, national exclusive thing, but. So I was watching it, actually, uh, I think I was watching the Wings. Was the Wings play last night? Well, I actually watched um, the Preds, the Preds Blues. So, but I, the first, you know, I'm like, here we go. You know, first, early, early part of the first period, Robert Thomas scores. I'm like, oh, here we go again. One nothing. We're going to lose this game. But, you know, Tanish, you know, found a way to score, tie the game, and then, um, I think uh, right here, and then I think that's when I had to turn it off, like after the first period, because I had to go play. I guess you want to call it play, even though we lost. Um, but you know, the Blues went ahead two to one and on the power play, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go again. But somehow, I saw the score after I get done playing. I'm like, wow, Preds took a six to two win. Um, you know they got some. Now, now I watched some, some you know, depth players uh, scoring. Uh, McCarron scored, Zanford scored, um, you know, Granlin scored. That was a blue. That was that might have been an empty net. But uh, they also got Ryan Johansson and Yossi scoring. Uh, Ryan Johansson's got three goals on the season now. But you know, you know, watching this game, you know, I, I watched actually the Kings game and I watched the Blues game in the condensed without all the commercials and all that. Um, the one thing in the Preds game, they just, they looked lost. They were very similar Hines. to the Wings. Like, they just, they it could be Hines, but they just, they weren't playing the pass. It definitely is Hines. Well, I mean, it doesn't look good that the coach is losing this bad early on in the season. So um, he lost last year, too. But he, he did. I, I still, I stick to my word. I, I feel that he's a scapegoat for Poyle. Poyle gave him a couple of years. Poyle knows that this team isn't going to win a Stanley Cup. He knows he hasn't put the pieces. Not with Hines. And I could be eating crow here, and I will. I will wear a Predators jersey if they win the Stanley Cup this year to a Red Wings game in Detroit. If the Predators win the Stanley Cup this year, so, <laughs> that's a pretty, that's a pretty safe bag. I don't think they're going to make the first round. Well, <laughs> hey, way to go out on a limb there. <laughs> I'm going way out on a limb, I guess, but. But I'm but what I'm saying is is that 
Poyle has not put the pieces together. He is, I don't want to say he's been a failure as a GM, but hey, you know, you got this great expansion team that comes in. They've got a cool logo. Now they've got a cool fan base. And, you know, they're they're starting to draw a name for themselves, but they can't win. They can't get over the hump. They've tried coach after coach, and they, and they just can't seem to to put it together ever. So that tells me that you don't have the right players on the ice. You don't have the right systems going on. And, and 90% of that falls on your GM. I mean, in Detroit, when you had the salary cap not in effect, Ken Holland was an incredible GM. He knew how to work the numbers. He knew how to negotiate to get the right players in. He gave phenomenal contracts. As soon as they put the cap on there, he fell apart. He didn't know how to adapt. He could not put together a good contract. You know, he was leading more with his heart than he was with his, you know, with his brains. And we had a, you know, a demise of the Red Wings. He, you know, we're trying to dig out of it now. But I don't feel like, like Poyle has done that. He hasn't put himself out there. I mean, he hasn't done anything to really make the Predators need to keep him around. But the Predators have had some really great players in the past, you know, um, even, you know, you know, some elites that only were there for like a year or half a year. But and then, um, you know, I always had some great goaltenders. I wouldn't say elite, but, you know, I don't I guess they just weren't the good. They weren't they weren't the players that they needed at the time, I guess, is, you know. Yeah, but right now they're like I, I know we're only like eight games in, so I'm not saying anything. I mean anything. The Predators could win every single game the rest of the season from here on out. But what I'm saying is they have not come out and impressed anybody. They're a bottom feeder right now. They've done nothing. They they beat the Blues, who wishy oh. washy. Up until uh, last night's win, the only time, only team they beat was San Jose, and well, we all know where they they're, are right they're now. They're in a rebuild. San Jose's and in a rebuild. That's what I say. That's what we all know where San Jose is right now. But that's, but that's so what I, mean, I can't. I guess you can't judge the season on two wins against San Jose, and you know the Blues at the time. I mean, they they've. They, I believe they started three and all. Yeah, they lost three in a row. So I mean, they started out hot, but right now they're in a skid. Um, so I don't know. I don't. I don't want to judge. You know, I, the, I gotta tell you guys, you uh, feel a lot better about yourselves if you're a Bruins fan. Oh my God, they're they're hot. I mean, like I like we had talked about a couple weeks ago. They're kind of in that we're gonna keep the band together and yeah. we're going all in. I never expected this. I mean, and I'll admit, I didn't, I didn't either. I had I, them in, towards the bottom. I was like, these guys are getting old. No, I, I had them as good. a playoff team. I had them as a, a a playoff team that got knocked out in the first round, and they still could be. I mean, this is hockey. Um, but I'll admit too, I'm always I'm always a prisoner of the moment kind of guy. So I'm 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 just gonna love this right now. What's good though is every team goes through. Um, that period though they have a slump um, but they've they're, they got enough points right now where they could go through a slump but still be right at the top of the rankings yeah no that's that's absolutely true and um, but I just Boston is just clicking on all cylinders um, what's your coach's name is it Jim Mc, 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 Montgomery Montgomery yeah. yeah 
Montgomery. Vegas is Vegas is on a hot start too yes. again. Um, just like they did their f- first year. Um, right, and look, they have a great coach. Yeah. Yep. I mean, there's there's some really good coaches out there right now, and you know, um, but here here's something I wanted to talk about earlier. So talking about teams and where they are right now with everything going on. Let's talk about the the average age of the top five teams plus D laws and my team. So the oldest team in the NHL is the Boston Bruins with an average age of 28 years old. So it kind of backs up that hey, listen, you've still got the legs under you. You can still skate. You need to. We need to go out and win the cup this year. We're putting everything into it this year to do it because next year we're not going to have everybody. That's funny. I thought it would be a little bit older than that. Yeah, it's 28. It's 28. I think Jeremy Swayman has something to do with that. The kid's like 15. <laughs> um, the next oldest, you've got Vegas. And again, another hot team in the NHL. They're at 27.8 years as their average. Next, you have Dallas, 27.5. Calgary, 28.5. Philly, 26.7. So the, the five oldest teams in the NHL and three to four of them are some of the hottest teams going right now. So it takes time to build a team, get the unity, and make it click on all cylinders. Philadelphia, Boston, Dallas, and Vegas. Um, here's, here's they're all leading the division, and they're all, three to four were, were the oldest. Um, except for Vegas. Philly. Yep. So oh, uh, what's kind of blowing Boston? What's kind of blowing me away is you're, you're telling me that average age is still in the twenties. Yeah. yeah. That's not old. I mean, well, it depends on where in the I mean, if you're talking late 20s, you know, as as much as I hate to say it, but you see so many guys starting to slow down. I mean, it's not I mean, not everybody's an Ovechkin. There's a lot of players now and a lot of these teams are 18, 19, 20 years old though. Even I mean, even the Predators, they got a lot of 18, 19-year-olds. I mean, yeah, it's like, and, where, and I mean, not, where, where is this development? Are they just really that good coming out of, you know, youth hockey and college? And, and some... See, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that kind of shocks me a little bit is the Preds are exactly where I thought they would be in this category, which is right in the middle. They're at 27.8. Now, the Predators haven't really truly entered a rebuild. They haven't really, I don't know, they haven't really, I don't even know how to explain it. But they they're building, they're building as they're, you know, they don't, they're not, they don't wait until they're at the bottom to stack up and rebuild with, yeah, with, but that's, with first but, and second round draft picks. They, the they build like, but, like the good teams, they keep their stock, you know, they're, they're young players. So they have a mix of young and veterans. Well, you just you just said it. They keep their young stock. Like that's what the good teams are doing. Why not do what the good teams are doing? Getting getting younger. The Predators, they're not truly entering a rebuild. They're just kind of getting guys. But so you don't want them to tank so they can get these first, four or five first round draft picks like Edmonton have, has and, and I have to be that honest. Way. I have to be honest. As you know, as a Detroit fan. I was okay with them tanking for the last couple of years. I'm even okay with them finishing lower. Than oh the no, you weren't. Stop it. No, I'm. No, I, come I, on. See, because 
Oh, you were all over the coach yeah. last year. Flash. Well, oh, you had were, to go. He was terrible. Just like same thing, well, same he, thing with Hines. He, he lost the locker room. But, no, I mean, I know Detroit is in a rebuild. I'm a Lions fan. We've been in a rebuild since 1952. I get it. It takes time to build to build a team. Like, I was spoiled in the 90s. I understand that I was spoiled in the 90s. I love that I was spoiled in the 90s. But all good things come to an end, and I understand that. And while I think that, um, you know, and, and, and last year I was, and, I, and I, I'm going to be disappointed, and I will yell at the TV every single time that the Wings don't perform the way that I want them to perform and lose games. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to yell. But ultimately, I'm okay with them not finishing extremely high because we're still in that rebuild. So it's going to take a couple more draft picks. It's going to take a, you know, a diamond in the rough, like like when you find, you know, like a Nicholas Cronwell or Pavel Datsuk, who are, you know, sixth, seventh round picks. But it's going to take time for them to build. You know, we need a couple more building blocks. But well, I think you have a great GM to to do that, and I definitely see that happening. Yeah, I mean it's, but I mean we're still we're only three years into it, and I know hockey's typically a little bit slower of a rebuild than like your football and whatnot. But, but I think what what Iserman's doing, I mean they've got a nineteen year old or twenty twenty year old kid. He's six eight. Um, he's tied for the tallest player to ever play in the NHL. Uh, but he's got hands. He's fast. He's got a shot. And to find kids like this, and even taller than the Preds goalies, the kid's six eight. But I mean, oh yeah, he is taller than Rene and um, I mean, he, him and John Scott are the tallest people that have ever played the game. I guess. Um, After Charles, well, now, yeah. that, now that Charles is like seven two, <laughs> the giant. But yeah, I just you know getting back to the Predators, I just I, I don't understand what they're doing. I, I can't pin it. I, I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, it hasn't it hasn't worked. But who knows? Maybe maybe Poyle's got a you know a horseshoe up his behind or something. Yeah, I, I really don't know anything about Nashville. I can't really comment on them. Yeah, I, I didn't either. And I started. I don't think anyone does. But but the one thing I'm going to say really quick about Nashville. Is... I didn't know they had a team until I met you know met you guys. I, I know they've kind of and it's fun and it's funny you say You're that though. It's, it's funny you say that because we talk about how the predators and I even agree with this. They're kind of that team that when they're hot, they still don't get the recognition. I mean, people don't realize it was like three years ago they were in the Stanley Cup Finals. Twenty seventeen or seventeen? Okay, a few years ago. Same with Carolina. Carolina is another team that fits that category. Right. Like you, I, I agree. Those two teams have some of the best markets in the sport. And they just, you don't hear about them. You don't know that they exist unless you live in that part of the world. It's just wild to me. I mean, this, these teams are in the, in, the, in the Stanley Cup finals, and yet we forget all about them. But Boston, they won the Cup 20 years ago when Marshan was a rookie, and we still talk about it. And I'm not saying that because you're a Boston fan, because it's the same thing with Detroit. They haven't won a Cup in, in what, 20, almost 20 years? And they still almost as long as Toronto. 
But this, right. <laughs> but then you've got these teams that have been there in the last couple of years, and you don't even know that they're even, you know, in existence. Yeah. But they did. Nino Niederreiter, D-Law, was a great pickup. You know, he's leading the team in goals right now. I, I think that was that was a really that was a good poil move. Didn't I say when we, when uh, when they signed him, how, how I was like really high on him and thought it was a great pick, and he's kind of cooled off a little bit, but I, he'll probably kick it back up a couple of notches soon. I'm hoping. Yeah, he's he's good. He's a good player. Uh, but I think we have a return to the rant room tonight. You are now entering. All right, though. So this 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 rant room that we do, and for all of our listeners out there, it is just a segment that we just find something to piss and moan about in the NHL. And mine tonight is 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 the referees per se. So Uh-oh. we all take these reviews. So you come in, your team scores this awesome goal. And then it gets called back because there was an offsides. But now the refs are sitting there looking at the cameras. They're watching it, and they're watching it again. They're watching it from this angle. They're watching it from that angle. Now you've got the Jeopardy theme song playing in the background to its entirety. Now they started the Beatles' Let It Be. Now we're three minutes into this thing, and we're still looking at this thing, and they come back and they disallow the goal. I'm sorry, but you have to have substantial evidence to overturn a play if you have to sit there and study it like people study the bible it's not substantial it's just not so my thoughts are you give the referees 25 seconds because if you actually read the rule book there is multiple consultants that go into every decision that happens on the ice. So it's not just, you know, there are people in Toronto, there's on ice, there's off ice, there's in studio, on, out of studio. I mean, there's probably about five or six people that all collaborate to make these decisions. So you have to give them, you know, about five to 10 seconds for everybody to take a look at it. So now you've got 10 seconds of, of viewing this. Now you take another 10 seconds to talk about it. And then you you take another five seconds just to make sure. And if you can't decide if it's a goal or a no goal or if it's an offside or not an offside, if it's a high stick, not a high stick, whatever the case may be. But if you can't decide it in a matter of 25, even 30 seconds, it is not substantial enough for you to change the, the call that was called on the ice. Come on in. But isn't the object of review to get the Call right. I mean, I know you don't want to. I'm not saying they should be taking two, three, five minutes, but in most cases, a minute, minute and a half is tops. Um, So maybe put a limit of two minutes. Is and if if they can't decide something after two minutes, but but you have to. But it has to be substantial. Yes, you you have to do it right. I, I, I do understand and I respect that. 
But there are so many calls that are so close. I mean, I'll even go back, and, and, and this is just me going back. And D-Law, I don't know, Dose, if you followed anything with Detroit. But talking about Holmstrom in front of the net, his skates would be outside of the crease, but they would call him for goal or uh, being inside the crease for a goal because then you couldn't be in the crease when, you know. when. when oh, I remember scored. that rule. That pissed me off as a Boston fan. I remember uh, a, a series against Washington where um, Jason Allison uh, at the yeah. time, uh, it was like the tip of his toe was in the yeah. crease. And yeah, it, it, it changed it literally things I mean, like I, that could really change the complexion of a game. hundred percent. They end up losing the, the, the game and um, eventually the series. Agreed. That was uh, back in the late nineties, right? Yes, it was. Yep. And, and, uh, but they would, I mean, I used to watch every game of the Red Wings, even back when I was young and they would call him. I mean, they got to a point where they actually said, you know, in an explanation to Scotty Bowman, you have to take the crease line and put it from the floor to the ceiling. If anything breaks that barrier, you've broken the line of the crease. So he would get, you know, have goals waved off because his behind was in the in in the crease. It broke that zone. So his ass is hanging out into the crease and they wave goals off. It's like what they had no effect on the right. Goal. That was that was awful. I remember those None. days. I, it it was ridiculous. And his skates were out. Well, that's he's they weren't far enough. Part of his body was in the crease. And, Get out and, of here with that. And getting to your to your rant, I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. Twenty five seconds again. If if you can't it's, see it, if you're looking, if you got to look that hard, right? Then it's, it's not substantial. The right? It, it, it's not. Calling the ice stands. Now, if you review it and you can say, even if you watch it three times and it takes you 20 seconds, it's like, you know what? I've watched this three times and the extreme slow motion that you can possibly put out there. Yes, his skate is completely across. We looked at it in three different angles. 20 seconds, it's over. It's offside. No, no doubt about it. But when you have to stare at it for a minute, two minutes, it's like, okay, it's not big enough of a deal for you to reverse the call that was called because obviously it could go either way and you just don't know which way to call it. Totally agree with that one. So what is this is segment you? is this segment just like for you ranting? Is Dan going to rant? Um, He rants usually yeah. on the show. The whole show is just a, a Dan rant. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> this is my one opportunity. <laughs> The D-Law rant. No, I only ran on Heinz. But all right, now that that well, you, you got, yeah, you wanna you have something this this week, don't you? Um, no, I don't. Oh, I, I got a little bit of a rant. Oh, let's hear it, Dust. What do you got? Uh, uh, fighting. I, I'm with you. I love the fighting. I think that's one of the things that really separate hockey from all these other sports. Bring you get in a fight in basketball or football. Oh my God, uh, I'm I'm, I'm reprehensible. Uh, how could they do this? They're killing the sport. It's like what? What are you right. talking about? You, and these guys get suspended for 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 games, especially football fights where they're just pulling their face mask and slap on the head. Right. You know, hockey. It's five minutes. You know, but you know the the great thing about that is it allowed the players to ref the game, their own games, when need need be. Um, I think that 
I'd like to see a little more fights. I see it going back to what you were talking about, that elbow um, from the Bruins defenseman on your guy. Somebody from the Red Wings should have stepped up. And that, and I think that's where I, I look at, like, the leadership, where I was looking at it. Like, they don't have a true, like, identity, a leader in there that or, or people that are going to, you know, go after somebody when some shit like that goes down. Yeah, they don't, uh, they don't have anybody. Because you have this this thing for, for the past decade, even maybe a little bit longer, where they just want to get rid of fighting in hockey. And it's like, no, it, it's part of the game. It's one of the things that really separates this game from the rest of them. The players actually have some control over reffing the games. And I'm not saying go back to like the 70s where you had the goon you call up from the, the minor leagues just to go out and and – you know, right. first shift lineup. No, but to your point, uh, a lot of these head hits will stop if they know they're going to have to pay the price by you know fighting or you know. So you know they'll think twice about hitting somebody cheap in the right. head. I've said it on this show before. There's a show on Netflix. I don't know if it's still on there. It's called Ice Guardians. I'm gonna, I'm quoting the movie, but I, I'm not going to quote the specific lines because I could be throwing my stats off. But it's just all these enforcers that talk about fighting. and, and the I watched that. The ice. But the interesting part to me was when they had the, the doctor come on. He was a neurologist, and he came out and said, we have found that when you have taken the fighting out of the game, the it gets increase, more dangerous. The increase in head injuries has gone up by like twenty percent. Yeah, if you look at like European leagues, um, the shit they get away with. A lot of people don't want to play over there. I mean, they they like the bigger ice rink, but but since there is no fighting, since there is nobody that's uh, enforcing anything out there, you can do it ever you cheap want. Shots that that'll happen, uh, and these could be career ending. So. Anyway, with my rant, it's like anybody who complains about fighting wants fighting out of hockey. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a part of the game, and it's something that that needs to be in there. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because I, you know, I would see this on Facebook every now and again. But there's a picture of Bob Probert standing there with a hockey stick over his shoulders, his arms over top of the stick, um, with his shirt off, and it said. If Bob Probert was still playing, Brad Marchand would be playing tennis <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that but but i mean you think about it like that cronwall hit that i'm talking about yeah the very next shift you have bob probert standing next to you now bob probert was a guy he did not care what the ref said he didn't care what the league said he didn't care what the coaches said he didn't care what anybody said i mean that's why he was in and out of jail and i, I mean he was in trouble everywhere he went that's why he's no longer here but if you have a guy like yeah, and standing next to you and, and it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to fight you. He's going to tell you, you have no choice, kid. You, you either fight me back or I pummel your face and there's nothing you're going to do about it. it so you either do it or you get crushed. It, it kept the other teams honest. It did. And, and, and you know what? And you bring up a, a good point uh, with – the injuries that'll happen, the cheap shots that people get away with now. Um, and I mean, even just checking, think about that. When you check somebody into the boards and it's a hard check, even if it's clean, you still have an enforcer come up and, you know, take care of it. 
or now those clean hits, as you saw in, in, or as you might see when you watch it, but in the Boston game with, with Forbert on Valeno, that next shift, Forbert's going to be standing next to somebody, and they're going to say, listen, you want to throw a shot like that? It wasn't called. It wasn't penalized. Well, now, now you're going to answer the bell. Right. So but you're, just, you're still it keeps watching. those in check because now I'm going to think twice. Like, okay, I'm going to the boards. I'm going to keep my arms down or else I'm going to have to fight Bob Probert. You're still walking a fine line there um, on goon uh, versus hockey player. That's true. I was watching, uh, I think it was the Islanders, and I don't know who they're playing. Maybe, maybe the Rangers, the Islanders. It was just a couple of days ago, and somebody, maybe it was the Devils. Uh, they were, I don't remember who it was. He hit somebody, and right after the whistle, he stepped up close to him, and he was like, he, he wanted to fight him, and the one guy, he just like he kind of looked at him, laughed him off, and no, we're not going right now. That was that was the Wings game. Oh, okay, it was, yeah, okay. It was, yeah, I don't uh, remember. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, I remember Robert Hag. Hag was, um, he hit it was one of the younger players. I think it was one of the younger players. Yeah, Because Hag is more, more Hag is, Hag is older, right? Yeah, or I, I think. He, he doesn't win that fight. No, well, maybe that's why he didn't fight that. Uh, <laughs> he picked his battles. Um, but it, this kind of, um, I don't know if you mentioned it during the review, but it kind of goes on with that uh, that topic. Um, but the, the fans went absolutely crazy um, on social media over the controversial offside that nullified the Kessel's uh, milestone goal. Um what I don't remember what that what number that would have been. It was a milestone goal. Four hundred. Okay. It would have been yeah. his four hundredth on his Iron Man streak win. So it would have been like a double award night. And that goes along with my rant. It took him forty five seconds to a minute of reviewing it and reviewing it and reviewing it and reviewing it. And it was so questionable. It's like you can let it go. Or you can call it back. Like it was, you know, let's flip a coin and decide. You know, it wasn't one of those like obvious. So, you know, on, on these reviews, are these always coaches' reviews? Um, they don't always have to be. I was reading that today that there are times where the NHL can call in, and that's why you see some of the stoppages. Yeah, I, I heard your. And, and I was going to get to that. Um, but that's what happened in the Detroit game. It wasn't Lalonde that challenged it. It was Toronto called in and said that they need to check it. Um, but there are several different people that look into these games and they can call in. Um, I believe it's all scoring plays are reviewed regardless if they're reviewed on the ice. Um, so those can be called in and reversed. And I forget if it was – they just changed it to all major penalties as well. So, like, if you high-stick somebody – and I think they had this last year, but they had talked about it in the rule book. So, like, if I high-stick you and you're cut, they'll review it and say, wait a second, no, it wasn't his stick. It was somebody else's stick, which actually just happened in Colorado the other night where McCarr got high-sticked by his own player. And they called a penalty to I forget who they were playing, 
Oh, Pena is own teammate. Oh, that's nice. No, he's yeah. on the other team. But, but yeah, so they can review other. They can review goals. Certain, I think, all major penalties. Um, Sounds like you get a fantasy, a uh, fantasy, a uh, phantom uh, penalty. <laughs> Something you didn't do. That just happened to a uh, Detroit player yesterday because of uh, the hit on uh, David Kretschke. They, Which one? They, they called it a. Um, this guy came in and he he kind of jabbed him in the uh, in the gut with the butt end of the stick, and then the stick rode up and actually hit him in the face. He got a two minute penalty for that, but after review, uh, the guy is now suspended for two days or two games, uh, no pay. Really? Red Wings player. Surprised you missed that, Ratton. Yeah, um, he's, but... he's like Jack Edwards when he comes to, when it comes to the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> he got the blind eye. But I know uh yeah, that that was definitely a penalty. That was definitely a penalty all day long. Uh, now we gotta talk about Rat and Ron's uh favorite team. He oh, he loves to go out and get a rant on, on them too. Um but yeah. Um the Coyotes uh they were they were really rubbed up, really excited for the They're uh, not excited for the pulling so- the Mullet opener, which is the college arena they're playing, Arizona State. Um, and they, they actually expect an advantage, um, they calling it an intimate building. Well, yeah, 5,000 people. but <laughs> And uh, at the moment, they're actually, you know, because they had, they had like a five-game road trip to start the season. So tonight was their home opener against the Jets. And as of right now, it looks like it's late in the first period. They have a 2 to nothing lead. Uh, and, and they're out shooting seven to two. Uh, Christian Fisher has both goals. He's got three goals on the season now. And it was Michael Rashmussen got two games for high sticking. Yeah, but and spearing. I don't think that. Yeah, he I took, don't think he they took really three penalties in that game. He played terrible. <laughs> he was awful. I mean, in the second period, he went in the box, came out of the box. Thirty seconds later, went back in the box. Like, what? What are you doing? And both times they scored. They scored goals. Yeah, Bruins' power play was uh, on fire. Oh, it's un- unbelievable. <laughs> and that and that kind of surprises me a little bit, to be honest, because the Wings, up until that game, I think they'd killed like 22 of 23 uh, penalty kills. Yeah. But if you go back and look at some of those power plays, um, and they were talking about it tonight a little bit, they never stayed in like one formation. Like uh, we're not going to do the umbrella or they kept moving their feet and they kept changing formation of that, that power play to where the Red Wings, and especially this is a great way to take advantage of a young team. Um, But it was unbelievable that, that. Yeah. They were crossing the ice, switching wings. I mean, they were all over the place, but not only that, but they moved the puck fast. Like, and I feel when you have a power play, a good power play team, that puck never stops moving. You hardly see it. It's going from back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, that's how you create opportunities. And and I in Boston watching them last night, they just they just manhandled Detroit. They were just that puck never stopped and there are three or four opportunities that probably should have been goals that just barely missed. But yeah, they they were good they were good. I, I was surprised. That that surprised me that Detroit. You know, you know the other so thing that, that, that I'm looking at the Bruins and um, 
and not as a fan, obviously I'm a Bruins guy, but if I'm looking at them from the outside, looking at like you guys would watch them, they have four, they have four lines that they can roll out and depend on and that can actually put goals uh, on the board right now. Uh, Even that fourth line. I was just going to say their fourth line, they, they had a great night. Yeah, Felino is is the player. He had two goals last year. I think he's already got two goals now. We're yeah. eight, eight, nine games in. Um, he's he's looking great, uh, even when he you know do, doesn't score. But we're putting out four lines that are a threat, uh, and that right there, nobody expected that. Everybody expected the Bruins to be kind of you know a five hundred club right now until they got Marchand and um, Charlie McAvoy back. But they're showing that they can do it without without right, Marchand. Yeah, you're looking. You kind of have to. I mean, as a, as a Bruins guy, you kind of have to prepare for that because you know it at any moment he'll be suspended. No, not really. He's been good the last. <laughs> I'm just year. kidding. He's been good the past couple of years. He got suspended last year twice, I think. Uh, I think just once. Was it once? I think so. I could be wrong. It could have been twice, but but if it was twice, it was because of reputation. Um, what would have been. That's true. Suspension for that him would have been just, you know, a, a penalty for another guy. How about did you see, I think it was Travis Connecty or so? I can't remember his first name. Connecty. Uh, how about his uh, behind the back pass? <laughs> the result of the goal. I don't remember who scored it, but man, he kind of looked like me out there. I remember my, uh, my famous behind the back passes, usually to you. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, uh, it, yeah. Well, no, usually it was usually me. You know, my behind the back passes were usually to you, and you're always you're always uh harassing me about it. I'm like, well, they're on the tape, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, but uh, I saw that uh, Barry Trotz is not ready to coach again, um, but he. He seems like he's interested in original six team. Um, that he he's kind of mentioned that he wanted to, wanted to play the uh, wanted to coach for uh, one of the original sixes. So I'm wondering if maybe Detroit. I know Detroit had just got a you know they just hired Lalonde, but I mean obviously Trotz is not ready to coach right now. So, you know, maybe four or five years down the line, if things don't work out with the land, uh, maybe he'll want to move into Detroit. I don't know. I guess it all depends on what the time, the uh, the time uh, frame of when Trotz is ready to come back to coaching. Why is he not wanting to come back to coaching right now? Is he hurt? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I just, I, I think he was one that takes time for family. Um, so yeah, I don't know if Ron had any mentioned like, anything. Like, uh, what's his name from Mon- the Montreal coach? Um, oh, what's his name? Played for Tampa Bay. Martin St. Louis. He he didn't do anything either for several years, and he just decided he wanted to come back and. You know, get back in the sport. It was a good time. His kids were grown. I don't know what's, I don't know Trotz's personal life, but. I think Trotz has like 
20, 30 years on St. Louis. Oh, yeah, for sure. He's uh, but he's a second winningest coach in NHL history. The guy should be coaching a team. Yeah, so he's, he's a he's winner. A, he's a winner, but he's a guy that who's holding out for money now. I I think what I would do with him is I would push for him to take over Poyle's position. I think he could be a good. I think he would be good in Toronto. You don't think what's his name Duba is doing any good? Uh, well, you look at their <laughs> a train wreck. It's Toronto has so much freaking talent and they blow it every year. Uh, uh, Trots, I think, would be great in Toronto. Yeah, and speaking of Montreal, um, I am a little bit late on this, but I couldn't get in there. But uh, Carey Price apparently is not going to retire. Uh, I thought he was going to retire in the offseason, but I just saw something the other day that he's not going to retire. So I don't know what's going on in Montreal. <laughs> but um, also I was watching, uh, man, it must have been the Islanders, Matt Martin. Um Actually, I saw that. I actually, yeah, I actually was on. Uh, uh, I think it was on ESPN. Um, you know, all the, all the players have their kids down on the ice and warm ups, and uh, his, his daughter is just a little toddler, probably about three years old. <laughs> he went over the glass, and I kind of scared her. So, and then it was on social media, or uh, his wife posted something on social media about. We'll we'll get her we'll get her in the uh, up to speed in no time. I just thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna segue this for a second. Um, yeah, I did see that, and it and it is cute when you see stuff like that. I feel like you see that stuff in hockey so much more than in any other sport. I know you get football players who give donations. JJ Watt, you know he's always doing stuff for the communities and everything like that. But I feel like in hockey, you see more participation from the players. And I think they do a lot, you know, around the community before games. Like, I just, I feel like you see it so much more where the families are, I don't want to say close. Uh, oh, yeah. Every every game, there's something like that. I think that, that what you're trying to talk about, there's a sincerity about it as well. They, they got a lot more proximity too. They they they're a lot more. The, the the players are more accessible. I guess that's what what you want to say. But they make themselves that way. Right. And I don't know if it's by choice, if it's just by the sport. I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit of both of it. But you always, you know, I've never had a bad experience meeting a hockey player. Football players, I've I've met a few that are not the nicest people in the world. Um, but you know my. You know, I was actually, I took my kid, he played a game in Buffalo, um, and the Wings were in town, so we were we stayed to watch the game. And we were walking from one rink to another, and the way their setup is, is, you know, they've got a rink that's got a hotel attached to it that's right next door to the arena. That's actually their practice rink, too. Right. So... You have to come down an elevator from the hotel, walk across this little lobby, and then take another elevator down to the ground, which then you'll enter the stadium or the arena, you know, as a player. And we just happened to be standing there when all the Red Wings were coming through. 
And my kid was just, you know, wide-eyed, like, oh, my God, there's Zetterberg. Holy crap, there's Larkin. Holy crap, there's so-and-so. I like just pointing out these guys. Not one of them said no to an autograph. They were fist-bumping them, high-fiving them. And it was just a cool experience. And, you know, I'll, I'll make this one quick. But I went to a Detroit game, and Pittsburgh was in town when Marc-Andre Fleury was on the team. Pittsburgh bus pulls in. Marc-Andre Fleury is the first guy to get off that bus and start greeting fans. Walking around giving Red Wings fans autographs, high fives, joking about the game. Um, you know, it was just it was a cool experience. But it is cool. I think hockey's a cool sport when, when you see that a little bit more. Um, and it's just, to me, it makes it more enjoyable as a fan. I just... I enjoy that it's a good sport. It's almost classy to me. It's not golf, but it's it's a classier sport in my opinion. Oh, I thought you were gonna say something about Crosby. That it was at that same time, the same game. Yeah, where he doesn't ride the bus to Detroit. I don't know if it's just Detroit, but but yeah, he he didn't ride the bus, and the usher was like, "Yeah, he never rides the bus, at least here in Detroit." I was like, "That's weird." Yeah, and I think um, I to, to your point um. And like I said before, I think there's a there's an actual sincerity uh, with hockey players um, where you compare it to the other sports where a lot of these guys um, and like especially football and basketball, they're trying to build a brand for themselves. They're trying to, you know That's what I right. mean? I'd like I am the brand um, where you don't get that in hockey. It's no. very very rare that you you do um it's not just a photo op for nhl players you're doing nhl 23 (laughs) that's a little unrealistic though even if it is i think a lot of these guys you know kind of go into it like okay i'm just gonna go do a photo op but when they get there um they see the impact that they have and it really makes them you know self-reflect where I don't think, and that's an ego thing. Uh, when you look at the other sports, it's such an ego maniac mentality, right. um, and maybe that's why. Maybe maybe that's hockey's problem. <laughs> you know, to, sad to say, building ident- like self identities. Right, right. Get out there in social media. Just be be that. You know, it's like like be like a Brad Marchand on the ice and off the ice with social right. media kick your girlfriend throw her in an elevator that's that's how you get that's how you get aware there you go i think yeah you know i think we just actually may have solved hockey's problem <laughs> well let's start with marshawn let's let's have and, him, and, and let's have him go throw his is he married dumb, he, he i think he is i think he's throw his wife down the stairs beat his kids with a stick oh it worked for uh uh Austin Watson, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know about that. And Bruins are doing good right now. They don't need that kind of uh, media attention, <laughs> right? But you know, Nashville and Red Wings could really use something like that. Arizona, uh, Predators, the swamp. Predators already had that with Austin Watson. But um, in in another story that goes in with that with the uh, Matt Martin thing, uh, just tonight, um, Carolina, um. The uh, singer Scotty McCreary, I don't know if he's from Carolina or not. Um, he's a huge uh, Carolina. They call him a, a caniac, which is what they call the Carolina uh, fans, um, but uh, the diehards. Um, but his wife just had a baby, and they had a they showed a picture of her in a in a um, 
all decked out in hurricane stuff, and she had a, a, a shirt that said "Baby Jerk" on it. Bunch of jerks. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool at night. And again, and yeah. again, that's that's the market. Yeah, and and that's I just think that, that's their identity. Yeah, thanks to um, the guy who. <laughs> Who coined that term? And I love, I love how they turned that into. I mean, they're making money off that, and and, and that's they, they turned it into their identity. And and I don't think I wonder if Cherry. I don't think he likes it. I think he he's probably wishing he didn't say that. Now I don't know. Maybe maybe he secretly want likes it. I don't know. But, um, but another thing, um, uh. Dennis Potman was in in the Islanders uh, game the other day. They they're having a their fiftieth year is it? The Islanders fiftieth year. Yeah, um, they just anniversary. Um, but they uh, apparently he way back when he played. Um, I guess the, the Islanders and Rangers were huge rivals. Um, I don't know if they still are, uh, but he hit a guy, uh, one of the Rangers, and yeah, I mean it was a clean hit. Uh, the guy just fell awkward and he broke his foot, leg or something. Um, I don't even remember the guy's name now. I mean, this, is, this is back in the 70s, obviously, when Dennis Potman played. And so the Rangers uh, had started a chant, um, uh, Potman sucks. And I guess they even still, I mean, they've got it back even uh you know, just they're still doing it. I guess I don't know why he hasn't played. Or has, he hasn't even broadcast. Uh, he retired from broadcasting like five years ago. Um, so, but he uh, he released uh, Pop and Socks. Uh, that was kind of kind of cool. Yeah, it's one way to to market yourself. So now, now people are gonna buy him just because that's what it says. Because the fans are screaming it. Not yeah, socks, but socks. And and he says it took what do you say? It took forty years, and no, or I I don't remember what it was now. Um, I I don't remember what he said now. Something about here's your here's your answer or something. I don't remember. Um, but um, and uh, you know, Brett Burns, uh, he scored. He finally scored his first goal as a cane. Um. Um, and, um, and, and, and another milestone, uh, Josh Bailey, um, for the Islanders. Could you believe he's been in the league that long? He's, he, he just played in his one, 1,000, 1,000 games. That really, that surprises me. And he scored a goal on that. Yeah. He's, I thought he was younger. He's one of those players where he's a good player, but he's not like, you know, he won't he won't get those forty or fifty goals. But he's he's a sorta of consistent he's he, he's a really good player. I've I've always been high on him, uh, not just because of his name either. Um you know, from when he even when he first came into the league, uh I think he was a really good player. Um but yeah, he's he's one of those I guess role players is, is a good 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 uh description for him. But I don't know if you have any more news or stories that you want to discuss before we move into the previews. No, I don't think there's too much. Um, so as uh, you know, the predator I mentioned last last show, 
<clears throat> the Predators are going on their annual CMA road trip, which um, I don't know if those those knows or you know I I did uh, or or any of our listeners. It's uh, every year uh, the Country Music Association has the awards in Nashville in early November. It's usually on the eighth or tenth, so on a Wednesday, and uh, so obviously, uh, and they have a big week. Um, and, you know, they have the awards on like Wednesday, but the whole week they have stuff going on. Um, you know, it's, it's huge deal in Nashville. So obviously, the Predators are unable to use the arena during that time. So that's when they schedule. It's usually a Canadian road trip, uh, see, so and then it goes uh, out to the western, like the Rocky Mountain teams. Uh, it's usually five to six games. Um, so you know they just played the Blues last night. So now this is when they um, actually they got a game. See, I, actually, I... actually they have a game Saturday at home, Washington. I don't know. I don't know what to expect from that game because Washington, you know, they're they're kind of up and down. They're you know they're five hundred right now, four and four. They're a minus one. Uh, they're, they're old. They're twenty-five. They are. I'm in Pittsburgh. Twenty-five goals, uh, twenty-six against. So um, it's uh, it's kind of funny. Um, so I don't know. I think maybe you know coming off that win, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going to win this game. Um, just because the Capitals, and then again, you never know what the, what what you're going to get from the Capitals. I mean, the Capitals can come out and play like they a top team like they have been the last couple of years, or they could play like a four and four team. <clears throat> but I think the Predators are going to be motivated. You know, they're coming off that six goal effort against the Blues, who are struggling as of late, even though it's only three games. Um, and then, uh, and then, you know, and then they embark on their, the road trip. Um, I believe they're going to leave on Sunday. I don't think they're going to leave right after the game. Um, I think they're going to leave on Sunday. Uh, so they got at Edmonton and then at Calgary. Um, so I'll have, uh, the Capitals, Edmonton and Calgary to, to recap next week. But then, you know, the, the, the rest of the Canadian road trip, which I mentioned last show, uh, is going to be Vancouver, Seattle and Colorado, which <clears throat> is a couple weeks show, um, to, to recap, uh, but next show will be the Capitals, Edmonton and Calgary. Uh, what's on the wings front? Well, before I get to that, I really think that I would like to have a big road trip early on in the season and get it out of the way. Um, you know, cause I, I hate having those, you know, mid season or late in the season. And, you know, right when, when you're trying to when teams are, you know, jostling for positioning, that's, that would suck. Yeah. And I don't mind that the November trip. Cause I mean, it's, they've had that for years, obviously. And it, it's, it's, Actually, good. You know, you're a month in the season, and you you go on the five game road trip. So you you start to then that's when you kind of mesh. I mean, I I know it's probably a cliche, but you know when you're on the road, you're an NHL team, and you know you're basically. I don't I don't know. I've never been on an NHL team, obviously, or even you know competitive hockey like you know college. You know travel. Um, but 
I would think that as a team, when you're on the road, you're going to do everything together, like meals, you're in the hotel, your practice. So you're around each other for, you know, a week at a time. Uh, not, you know, when you're at home, you're probably not going to be spending that much time together. So I don't know if, am I wrong, Ron? Ron or am I, I think right? some of these road trips could be a make or break for a team. Um, because like you said, they're together all the time. Um, and that that's could be good you... or that could be good or bad. Right. Cause I mean, if I was just going to say that, like, if you think about it, you know, like it's... if you go, like, just think about if you go on vacation with a family member, you know, you've got, yeah, you better doing, really like them. Yeah. But you're doing everything together. You're dining together. You go to the beach together. You go out to ice cream together. You go to restaurants together. You're rooming together. You know, so literally every second of every day, you're surrounded by people. Like, how do you get away from that? You're on the bus together. I mean, so, I mean, if you if you have a bad day or, you know, personalities are just at their fullest, that could be a bad thing. I guess that's why, as, as a coach, um, or maybe a good coach, you know, I mean, because you're so close together. Maybe you have, if you got a long road trip, maybe like the first, you know, one or two days, um, you just have like a on your own type thing, you know, where you can just kind of get off by yourself. Well, I'm sure they have I, that stuff. I kind of look at it like um, if you're on a road trip and you're kind of looking, you're getting along getting to know especially the beginning of seasons you're getting to know players and stuff and, and a lot of these people and i think you could take any sport for example um you know guys looking at like yeah i'm gonna fight for this guy i'm gonna lay my lay it on the line for this guy um and when you get that mentality you're gonna obviously the team's gonna be much better That's right. but it could go the opposite way yep yep i agree and it's hard because you see like you see the commercial, I, I forget if it's like Visa or MasterCard, where it shows like different players and captains and they're going along and it's like, oh, well, we could have done better in this game or we could have passed better. We could have done this. And then it just breaks it down. And it's like, we, 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 we. And, you know, the whole point is, is that, you know, there's no I in team. So their mentality all the time in hockey is we listen to every single in, I don't even care what team, what player it is at the intermission interview. I guarantee you they're all, you know, well, we need to be better on the four check. You know, we are letting a lot of shots on net. We need to be better about that. You know, that's just how it is. And that, and that's another thing that, that I really love about hockey is that we mentality and uh, it brings me back to what I was talking about before with with a lot of the other sports, um, especially basketball and football, where people are trying to build their brand. This is about me, I, me, and um, yep. no hockey doesn't have that. And football is very selfish. Yeah. Oh, and basketball too. Same with basketball. I'm going to leave this whole city in town because. I want to go make more money somewhere else. Like there's no right. loyalties. Um, and I mean, every sports money's the root of all evils, but yeah. And football, it's well, you know, 
well, I need to be better at running and hitting the gaps. And, you know, instead of saying like, well, we need to be better about, you know, opening holes and making sure we exploit those holes and, you know, making sure we get past the linebacker. Like it's always, well, I need to do this. And, you know, I need to do that. And like, they're trying not to point the finger, but it's always I, 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 but yeah, I, I do. Again, like you had said, that's one of the reasons I love the sport of hockey. I'm not going to miss a Red Wings game all season, even if I have to watch it the next day. Like, I just – I love the sport. Like, yeah. it just – it makes me happy when I'm watching hockey. I used to uh, I used to work um, like 4 to 11, sometimes 5 to 12, and I would um, I would record the games. And when I played it back, I, I had like this uh, strip of paper that I put on the – because you know how the bottom line – it yep. shows you all the scores and so so like the static electricity of the TV would kind of hold that in place and I'd, I'd watch to replay the game and I didn't want to you know give it away. Yep, uh, that's how, how that's how fanatical I am about hockey. Me too. Me too. I, I'm the same way. Like I shut off alerts, and you know, last year when ESPN went to it, maybe it's just and he yells at me for spoiling it. I was like, I'm not watching it. I was like, don't tell me any goals. Um. <laughs> But yeah, like ESPN's app last year, maybe it was just me user error, but I'd watch the game like or I, I would like, let's say I watched like part of the first period and I had to go do something for the kids. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to stop here and I want to resume from this spot. Well, you can't just resume where you left off. It's either live or start over. So a lot of times it's like, all right, I'm going to hit live. I'm going to put my arm up. So I'm blocking the score, and I can only see where the play is. Ugh. And I fast forward. Like, I'm just looking at the period. Like, okay, it's second period. I know I had to get back to first period, 10 minutes and 20 seconds. So I'm only – I'm not watching the game. I have my arm's blocking the score, and I had to rewind it. And it's like, oh, my God, I wish I could just resume where I left off. It's like this is where my passion meets my torture. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And that's, you know, and, I, and I've told D-Law this, and him and I are kind of in the same boat, but, you know, I always wanted to play hockey as a kid. I have loved this sport, and I don't even know why my infatuation started with it. Nobody in my family played hockey. Nobody. Not a soul. It was always football and baseball, football and baseball. Oh, we're the all-American family. We're going to play football and baseball. And it's like, man, I just, I had friends that played hockey, I'd go over there and I'd have to borrow their skates to play because I, I didn't have any. And it's all I wanted to do. In my it still does. Oh, and, and it is. I just, I love this sport. I'm terrible at it. Like, I picked it up in my late 30s. You're not that terrible. You score on my passes. Well, once in a, well, like, like well, I said Well, because before, of your behind-the-back passes. That's right. Tricked the goalie so bad. If I missed that, it would have been terrible. Actually, speaking of goalies, uh, I, I just want—I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but I, I saw something uh, that they're talking about it actually the other day. Uh, it was actually last year. Um, the Buffalo and the Devils used seven goaltenders last year, and Montreal and the Coyotes used six. Um, so I'm wondering. Uh, I don't think they'll be using that many this year. Well, That's at least, just bad uh, well, at least with yeah. at least with Buffalo, but um, you know you're in turmoil if you're using that many goals. That's right. Like Mon- Montreal, Ar- Montreal, Arizona might be at, up at that at that rate, the same uh, 
same number this year, but I don't think the the Sabres and Devils will be. I think they're going to be using the one and two this year. Hey, hey I know what I want to ask you guys. Do you play uh, fantasy hockey? We do. Actually, good thing you mentioned that because in our fantasy league uh, this week, uh, we are me and Ron are head to head. Um, I'm actually winning right now, nine fifty to seven ninety six. I forgot to change um, my lineup today. Again, I forgot. I forgot to put. Uh, let's see. Um, well, I, I I've, that. I've never played it, and I'm playing, I'm playing fantasy football for the first time ever this year. What do you think of it? it it's. Um, I hate it. I love it. I hate it so much because I love it, and that it is driving me crazy because it like consumes so much in day just um i put this player in this guy's projected to do this this guy's hurt i gotta go find somebody off the yeah, waiver it's wire non-stop the one oh. thing i'm gonna tell you is just be careful because usually on like thursdays um but or before thursdays everybody's questionable yeah and well i forgot to put nelson in tonight for the islanders and he uh, he got 38 points so 38, he had two goals you- how do the players accumulate points in hockey? Obviously, goals and assists. Uh, goals. Know, it, plays, it plays out. It, it depends on the stats on what the commissioner sets up. Uh, goals, assists, uh, plus minus, power oh, play gosh. goals, power play assists, penalty minutes. Although, um, I didn't even shots. Like if they take yeah, shots, shot, on shot, goal, shots on goal, uh, game winning goals, shots, shots accumulate accumulate points. Yeah, very minor. Um. It's like a percent, like half a point, point I think. Like, yeah, Either half a point like or a point. I don't remember what I guess. I it seems I like in hockey, that's big. Well, yeah, if you get fourteen shots a game, like that. you're going to be drafting. You're, you're going to be drafting. You know, the top players are going to go out. But when you get into like your second, how many players do you do you have on a fantasy hockey team? I can tell you. Um, you, uh, I got. Two centers, two left wings, two right wings, a winger, slot, forward slot, and then I got four D, five defense, and a utility player, and then I got uh, two utilities. Oh, so two, two, two utilities, and then I got four bench players, and then three. I I got three goalies, although oh, I put one in IR, but he's not an IR so anymore. So I think to answer your question, Dose, is it the game is played in a week? So it's not like so because not every player plays every night, but in hockey they do play very frequently. Right. So you'll probably have three or four appearances from a player, anywhere from two to four appearances from a player in a week. Um, and then, and that and that's for you know whatever team, and that's all all the players. And goalies, they have to have so many starts in order to be eligible to win the week. So. You know, if you have a goalie, well, as a as a team, you need four, uh, three. I have four, but so, well, so how do the, the goalies accumulate points? Because I know, like in fantasy football, your defense automatically starts with ten points. Wins, goals against, wins save, best. save uh, attempts, and save uh, percentage and shots or yeah. shutouts, shutouts, not shots, yeah, shutouts, shutouts. But shots do accumulate. Like, it's kind of b- broken down into brackets, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, D-Law. But I'm pretty sure, like, if somebody faces 10 shots, they don't accumulate as many points as somebody that might, you know, have 30 saves. 
Right. So it's it's all broken down by yeah yeah save percentage. percentage. Yeah. And I do have a Boston player. I do have Hampus Lindholm. He's the only Boston player um, that I have on my team. I, la- last year I had Marshawn. He may have got you some points tonight. Uh, he got me eight and a half points. Eight and a half points. Oh, he's a plus. Oh, he was a plus two. He had no goals. So I must get four points for a plus. Yeah, he had some assists. Oh, he had three shots on goal. So, oh, he, tonight you only had, tonight you didn't have any points. Oh, really? Oh. Unless he's still, uh, he still had points though for your fantasy. Yeah, because of his uh, plus minus and shots. Gotcha. Um. Let's see who scored. Let's see. You had uh, Grizzly scored, scored, Coyle scored, unassisted, DeBrus scored, unassisted, Pasternak scored, and from Bergeron. So is it more points if he's scoring like a shorthanded goal? Uh, Yeah, I think it's only – it depends on the commissioner's settings. I think think shorthanded and power play is like one or two points. I think think shorthanded might be two just because it doesn't happen very often. I don't know. I think it is. Um, but uh, to wrap things up real quick, um, did you, uh, you, you didn't get to your wings, uh, previews yet. Oh yeah. We got a pretty good matchup. You know, we got a few good matchups coming up. Um, tomorrow night, um, Minnesota comes to town. Um, you know, they're not playing bad. They're about as even keel as Detroit is. I mean, they're both have three wins. They've got three losses and one in overtime. Detroit's three, two, and two. Um, you know, they just the big thing with Detroit in this game, they they just have to find a way to to contain Kirill. Like we can't let him go like we did Marchand and just expect to have a good game. You know, they they have to come out and you know, just make sure he's not out scoring goals. I mean, the kid's playing great hockey right now. You have Mark Andre Fleury that you know he's still got it. he's three one and one. The guy's gr- a great goalie. I don't know if he's ever going to quit. So it'll be a good it'll be a good matchup. Um, but then they head um, to Buffalo here, and Buffalo's another team. They they scare me. I I think Detroit has a chance at Minnesota. I don't know if they have a chance against Buffalo. Buffalo's um, and Detroit are the two youngest teams or well, three with New Jersey. They're the three youngest teams in the NHL. And they're all performing, actually, probably above expectations right now. But Buffalo, we've been saying it since last year on this show, that they're a team that has been building a culture over the last year and a half, um, putting the pieces together internally as an organization on the bench and on the ice. And they're really turning things around. I think they're going to be a team to watch. Again, I say this every show, every time they come up, but they're a team that we have to keep an eye on I think they're going to be really good in the future I mean they're really good right now and the wings need to figure out how to shut down um Tuke and and Darlene I mean those two guys are putting up tons of points and you know they've they've got a lot of weapons it's going to be tough for Detroit to come out I mean they they lost Rasmussen to stupidity and um you know they just they're they're they've got good depth like I've said they're missing three of their top six forwards right now due to injuries and, and substance abuse issues. Um, 
but yeah, I just, you know, the, the pool, you know, the, the, the well runs dry at some point. And if we take stupid penalties, get suspended or more injuries, it could be a long season for Detroit, but yeah, that's uh And that Buffalo game is gonna be a huge game I mean I know it's early, but they're they're tied eight points. They're with with Ottawa and Tampa Bay and Montreal. Yeah, they're a good team. They're a good team. Detroit and then Detroit's got Washington right after that. Detroit is the only team of those eight points. There's five teams with eight points, and they all have four points except for Detroit, or four wins except for Detroit. Who they have three. It's because of the extra overtime. Uh, they had two two overtime losses, but yeah, the the wild game. You know, I, the the Buffalo Detroit they're a division game. Um, I think their rivalry is starting to grow. Um, I don't know. You know, their proximity somewhat somewhat, but just. Because I think because they're in the same division, and they were been kind of growing together, you know, over you know, as far as in in their rebuild. Although I think Buffalo's a little bit ahead of them. Although I don't know, Detroit might be. They've been re- Buffalo they, started the rebuild with Eichel. That was yeah, the beginning well, of their rebuild. And then they so rebuild. Let's, let's, think about how, let's think about how long that's been. Buffalo's been yeah. rebuilding since 1992, <laughs> and um, pretty but, much. But as far as the Minnesota game, that's, I mean, they're, they're another team like Washington that you don't know what they're going to get. They're 3-3-1 three, three and one with seven points, so I See, think. Recent, recently, the Wings have not been playing. They just have not been playing West Coast teams very well at all. Oh, and then, then they got your favorite goal song. I won't I won't play it. But then Detroit like, wraps, up, wraps up next week um, with Washington on, on Thursday. Oh geez, right after we uh, well, it's not right after we play them, but it's pretty close. <laughs> we can soften them up for you. Not that we really need to. Well, I'd appreciate it. They've got some good players too. Like I, I a lot of people hate him. I like Tom Wilson. He reminds me a lot of like a Darren McCarty that or Marchand. He's a pest. Yeah, he's he, he's, he's not. He's not as good offensively as Marshawn, but he's, no, he's that type even, of player. You can't even, like, in my opinion, you can't put Marshawn and, and Wilson in the same comparison when it comes to on ice. Well, Marshawn brings offense that Wilson if, if Wilson, about. Well, if Wilson could score more, yes, but uh, though, just just take the offense part out of the game, and they're almost identical. See, as far and, as I, and I'm going to get, like, I'm going to declass both of these guys. So like Tom Wilson, I see him more as like an, an agitator than Marshan, who's more of a pest. Um, Cause I think Wilson really enjoys the rough stuff. I think he enjoys when he drops the mitts. I think he enjoys making the big hits. I think Marshan enjoys doing things to piss you off, like give you a little jab of your stick, face wash you for no reason, and then go out and score a goal. Like that pisses you off. It's like, I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to shut you down, you little rat bastard. You just poke poke me in the nuts with your stick. I'm coming after you. And then he comes out and scores a goal. It's like, so you poked me in the nuts and you scored a goal and I did nothing. Like that's Everybody hates them, but they want them on on their team. Yeah, I just, but, but yeah, that's, that's true. But yeah, that's where I just I, I classify those two guys very differently. Like I don't I don't see Marshand coming out and wanting to drop the mitts 
after no. doing something. I just don't see him being the guy to do that. Like he'll he'll talk a, a big talk, but no, when it comes he, to actually dropping the gloves, well, hurt, I don't think he wants to. He does it because he's he knows he's hurting his team. I mean, he he would do it. I wouldn't advise it. He's only like five foot two, but right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I I just he's his skills are more utilized on the ice than they are in the penalty yeah. block. I hate to cut you guys off, but um, we're getting we're running up against the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just gonna say, um, you know, enjoy enjoy coming on the show, guys. It's been fun. I don't really have many people I I could really talk hockey with. Oh so. God, log in. Every time we'll we'll be on. Yeah, and yeah, and Trent, hopefully we can get more listeners too. They can we can join in. But um, uh, another, another great uh, episode thirty two is in the books. We'll be back next Friday. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook at Pred Wings Podcast, Twitter at Pred Wings Pod, and you can always email our uh, questions, comments, suggestions to Pred Wings Podcast at gmail.com. And you know, something new this year. Obviously, we're doing live recordings. So you jump in like dose and uh, and uh, have, have some us. hockey talk. Join us. The more um, the merrier. If you're a douche, we boot you. Stay easy. <laughs> and uh, you know I'm a douche. Try to keep boot him. Yeah. Try to keep it clean, but I can edit. I can always edit it uh, before uh, we. We've got it. a good editor. Yeah, yeah. Um, really good. But uh, thanks for tuning in to the Fred Wings podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. See ya, Smashville.